Hello everyone, welcome to the second episode, whoever, whoever thought we'd get that far, second yeah. episode <laughs> of the Cloud9 Spain podcast. Um, what we thought we'd do in today's episode is to discuss what's happening with the British buyers at the moment in the Costa del Sol property market. Just to set some, um, some, some scene around this, the British buyers have, have always been really the predominant buying group for property here in the Costa del Sol, uh, certainly over the last 20 years that I've been here. I think they really helped also to build the infrastructure and the name of, of Marbella. Not physically, no, but with the money they brought. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they laid the foundation of, of yeah. what we have now. Particularly further down the coast, Torremolinos, Fuengirola, Benalmadena, um, which were these sort of swinging 60s and 70s resorts. The Brits used to love it. But obviously, we've now got a, a very diverse, I think, international client base. Yes, correct. But the Brits are still the driving force. Um, so what we're going to discuss today is how 2019 has affected the demand of British buyers, um, whether they're still buying, and if so, what they're buying in terms of the type of property and also the, the level of budget and what they're, what they're spending. Quick introductions. Uh, my name is Sean Woolley. I'm the Managing Director of Cloud9 Spain. With me today, I have Dominic Maraschek, who's the Sales Director of Cloud9. Hello. And, by special request, we have Cookie Bode, who's the Senior Business Development Manager at Smart Currency Exchange. The reason I brought Cookie in is because she's the expert, really, when it comes to... Um, who's buying what and in what currency and how the currency markets can affect demand and supply and all sorts of things really and she's been on the coast for how many years 18 years 18 years oh. so and 12 um, years in fx okay so for she my knows, sins so she knows what she's talking about this one so um i think between us all we uh, we should be able to give a, a decent uh, commentary on what's happening and also we'll have a guess at what might happen in the future obviously bearing in mind the big b word of brexit and how that you just swore sean yes Sorry. <laughs> so what? That'll be beeped out. <laughs> so um, yeah, and obviously that's on the uh, looming on the horizon. Although it has been looming on the horizon for the last twelve months. But anyway, I'm sure um, last three years. But I'm sure uh, we'll all have some thoughts on how things are going to develop from there. So starting off, the question I have for you guys okay. is: Have <laughs> the Brits been buying here during 2019, or have they been completely out of the market, scared stiff, not leaving the UK? In fear that they're never going to be able to return. How's it? How's it been looking? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, from my side, being in the FX, obviously, if you've got a Brit buyer, they need to exchange their money into euros. Um, we have seen the Brits buying, but it seems that every time there's a date to leave the U to leave the EU. Um, that it really, really dries up. And then we passed the deadline of the 31st of March, and then we had a massive load of interest um, in Brits wanting to come back and look at property. You've got a lot of British people making inquiries to mm -hmm. come and look at property and buy property. But when it comes to actually putting deposits down, um, committing. and committing, that's, that's a, very that's good a point. different story. And that's yeah. actually what I wanted to bring up, that inquiries have been strong. Well, they've been fluctuating depending mm. on, as you were saying, the, the due dates, the timing. The yeah. timing. But they did inquire, they do view properties, but closing them down is difficult because they still got that uncertainty within them and they don't want to do the risk. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that is with clients at a much, much, much higher level, I'm saying people buying into five, 10 million properties, they also have ways to buy it with companies, with their own company structures in Gibraltar, in, in, in England. So they don't really mind it because for them, there's not 
a big fear of loss involved. Is that because it's it's not their life savings, effectively? Yes, correct. Whereas that's, that's very well Somebody said. who may be, and this is no disrespect, um, but somebody who may be investing 200, 300,000 euros, chances are they're going to be investing 100,000, 150,000 Yeah, they euros take a bigger pounds. risk. Yeah, because it's more of their money, I guess. Exactly. Okay. So the high end for them is just, I wouldn't call it a game, but it is an investment that if it goes wrong, it will just be a minor percentage of their the wealth. Of the wealth of the network. Okay. I think in terms of a, a corporate point of view, certainly, I mean, we've been here a long time, we've been here 18, 19 years, and what we've noticed um, over the last year is that inquiry levels have stood up very well from the Brits, um, and like you said, Cookie, they, they've always been the dominant market here, and they've they the inquiry levels have been consistent. I thought they'd drop off. So it means that they still want to buy. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, but like what you guys said, we've noticed that getting them over the line is a different matter um, yeah. because there's just too many objections in the way at the moment. And I think this will obviously come to a crystallization at the end. Oh, Dom, I hope so. I really do. It's I been procrastinated. Because so. we're all bored yeah. of this, aren't uh, we? The good thing is we still have a very strong interest in Spain by the British market. Yeah. Now the only question is on how we are going to manage their expectations yeah. with Brexit, with them leaving and with all parties being involved or not. Interesting thing is, I asked our staff this question the other day. I said, okay, guys, we're, we're at whatever we are, middle of November, end of November now. What percentage of our sales this year, our property sales, have been to UK buyers? How many would you think? 20%? Yeah, I, I thought that. <laughs> I should know, shouldn't I? Yeah. It's my business. Yeah. But <laughs> maybe, maybe around 40 yeah, it was 44%. Don, <laughs> Don knows the staff. He should know. Yeah, know He's so, yeah. your sales director. He should know. He should know. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it was 44%. So 44% of our sales have been to UK buyers. And, and what were their budgets? Well, higher than have been in the past. Right, okay. So our average budget uh, this year has been around the €800,000 level. In the past, it's been lower than that. Um, so like Dom said, maybe it's because the higher up the ladder you go, Sounds complacent, I know, but the less important it becomes, the exchange rate and things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, because you're you're spending a smaller proportion of your, well, your every, total wealth. Exactly, yeah. everything's relative. And yeah. from the their perspective of wealth, mm. like you were saying, there's less yeah. risk. But I've actually experienced, and I think it's very interesting to know that during the process of Brexit, when it was first voted, uh, a lot of British clients that I dealt with made a humongous amount of money during Brexit. Mm-hmm. So they actually used that moment to to make more money, and they had so much cash they needed to invest it in something. But they never explained me exactly how, how they did they the do money. It? Maybe we shouldn't ask any more but questions. But obviously, was his name Boris? By the yeah. Uh, yeah, Boris Johnson. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what what we have noticed is that certainly the Brits at the very high end of the market, Brexit isn't a conversation we have. No, it's weird, isn't it? Because you think that it would dominate every UK buyer's agenda. But the higher up the ladder you go, well, well, your tier one clients, it's not going to affect them. Mm. Brexit doesn't affect them. The exchange rate doesn't affect them mm. because they have so much disposable income and capital that they can afford to buy a property. And even if they make a loss on it, they can afford to take that loss. Yeah. Whereas your average Brit buyer, 250, 300K, their holiday home is going to cost them the same or slightly less than their principal home in the UK, mm. which is a massive outlay. It is, um, of course. And for them, when the exchange rates are fluctuating and you've got, you know, 109 one week and then 117 another week, you know, that's a 6 7%. It makes a huge it difference. Makes a huge when you're spending difference. half a million quid or yeah. 250,000 euros, 
It's a lot of money. And yeah. you have to deal with, with, with the insecurity of the exchange rate fluctuating. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. It's a risk that it cannot be measured. Yeah. No. And people, you know, they, they measure and they calculate everything. Especially when they're buying into a yeah, property, absolutely. everything needs to be clarified. The interesting thing is that I agree with you, Cookie, that, that there were kind of a definite um, pattern to behaviour this year. Yes. So as we approached the was it 31st, 31st of March, of March deadline, demand slackened off from the Brits. Yeah. Still the inquiries, yeah. but just they wouldn't commit even any more than that. They didn't really want to have conversations. Mm. Then once that deadline passed and we were all back to square one, it was like, oh, stuff this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yes. get on with it again. Yeah. Exactly. And then we had a spike again. And then as we approached the sort of end of the summer, when the September deadline was looming, it was again, it was like, nope, we're not doing anything until this deadline's over. Um, and I think now, because we're faced with the election in uh, three weeks, crikey. And, I know, it's um, I'm flying back into the election. I'm flying to the UK on election night. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that's, my, that. that's my TV sorted for the night. Oh, I think it's going to be a secret referendum anyway, the election. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to come on to that. Yeah. Um, and I think what we're going to see is, again, I think UK buyers are going to kind of hang on and keep their powder dry until the end of January, when Boris's deal um, will possibly um, get, get sorted out. And then I think we're going to see the the taps turning on. That's what I, I no. think is going to happen. But we'll come on to the impact of the election in a moment. And historically, December is a quiet month for property sales anyway. Yes. yes. And I think also you know? the other thing to point out to British uh, buyers, because I'm British and we sometimes think the world revolves around us. It does, we are it? The, uh, <laughs> Of course it does. And we are the only, the only people alive. Um, but, you know, what we have to remember is that this is an international market. Okay, yeah. it might not used to have been in the past, it used to be very Brit dominated, but there's so many nationalities buying here now. I think, I don't know how many nationalities we've dealt with this year, but a phenomenal amount. And while the UK um, demand is still number one, we've had a very strong year from the Swedes, although the Kronas dropped off uh, mm. significantly in the last six months or so. The Belgians have been very strong, but also from all over the place. You know, oh, too we, many countries. We had a lot of Swiss clients. A lot of Swiss recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, some yeah. Germans. Yeah. Yeah, so is that because of you though? Yeah, they yeah. just heard that you joined us. Exactly, they were like, "Oh, Dom's working there. We've got <laughs> to buy the clever. We've got to buy the clever." Yeah, but the interesting, up. the interesting thing is that the market actually hasn't suffered any distress just because the Brits are out of it. The Brits are still in it, but they're not buying as in as much bulk as they were. But there's still a lot of a lot of other nationalities yeah. taking up the supply, which is yeah. a good thing. They're filling the gaps. They are filling the yeah. gaps. I'm seeing more inquiries from agents that are dealing with Middle Eastern clients now, right? Yes, as yeah. well, because they want to take uh, advantage of the golden visa. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I've seen a lot more inquiries with uh, clients from Dubai, Saudi Arabia, yeah. uh, and the Middle and the Middle East. And I know you're in the Costa Blanca recently. Yeah. Um, what we've noticed within our business the demand for people to buy properties in the Costa Blanca is still Brit dominated yeah, and the amount of Brits buying in the Costa Blanca yeah. but you can buy a property for 50,000 yeah. in the Costa Blanca you can't buy that here hmm. so the market in the Costa Blanca I think is still very much more a Brit market yeah, than down here it's completely cosmopolitan yeah, down here international loads of different accents yeah. whereas the UK so the Costa Blanca it relies on the UK. It relies on the UK. Yeah. And, and what I would say is more of uh, the clients come more from the north of England mm -hmm. than the south. I was mm -hmm. at a property show on the 8th of November in Epsom. Mm -hmm. And it's a property show that the company puts on called yeah. Your Overseas Home. And every single client 
that applies to go to the show um, applies for a ticket. Yeah. Every single client is qualified by the team in London. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know what their budgets are, yeah. their time scales, where they're looking to buy. And it was busy. The show at Epsom was busy. So the, see, what I call it is pent-up demand. The, yeah. the, the demand is there, but it's not going anywhere. Yeah. They're so not, yeah. What it does mean is that when the taps are turned Absolutely. on by Boris or whoever, mm. it should mean that the the demand sort of starts starts flowing through the into actual will be sales. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That, that's, ah. the, that's the feeling we've had for the last two or three years. I mean, we as a business have lost a significant amount of revenue, I'll be honest with you, because yeah. of Brexit. Yeah. Because people at the time Brexit was, you know, the referendum, we lost overnight, we lost, well, I don't know how many clients. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm sure that there's been a lot of um, clients who would have invested here in the Costa del Sol who, who have chosen not to purely because of Brexit. And I, I actually would like to frame it differently if you allow me we haven't lost these clients we no. have put them on pause yeah because i know that the sales team right now we need we're, to get recruiting yeah them. we are still in contact with all the british mm. clients that we thought we lost it's yeah. just they're on hold so we entertain them they are well informed and when the taps open these are still buyers yeah. that are within our database absolutely so these people never said i'm never buying they said for now i need to see how things yeah. evolve yeah, yeah. So, so 2020 could be an exciting year. 100% because we have a backlash of, I don't know, a lot of clients that yeah, wanted yeah. to buy back then yeah. that will buy when it happens yeah. and a lot of new interest that will come in. So we're doubling the interest. Absolutely. But we, we have, have to manage the that. expectation of British buyers because British buyers, because they think they're the only ones in the world, they will come here thinking that, oh, well, no one's been buying over three years, so we'll have all the bargains. Thank you. Uh, some education will always have yeah. to be applied. <laughs> uh, one thing, um, the impact of the of the um, currency um, rate is obviously massive. We, we've touched on it. The fact that even just a few points difference can Absolutely. make a difference of thousands yeah, yeah. on the price of a property. And that affects, obviously, buyers and sellers. People often forget about um, UK sellers um, who are obviously selling in euros but then taking their money back into sterling and repatriating the funds to the UK. Whilst the exchange rate has been so low, it's actually been in their favour, hasn't it? Absolutely, because a lot of uh, the buyers would have bought properties back in 2001, 2002, 2003, and that was when the exchange rate was 150, 155. I remember when I moved to Spain, it was 160. Um, It was, yeah. Wow. back in the day um, so you we hear a lot of clients saying oh you know I don't I don't want to take this offer on my property because when I bought the property I paid 145 and it's like yeah fantastic <laughs> however if it was 145 now and yeah. you're repatriating your funds back you'd, you'd make it exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so it's actually moved in your favor so for us we can actually educate the client but isn't it hard well, we're yeah. moved in favour for the vendors. Yes. That's important. But not for the buyers anymore, right? No. No. So, so for the British buyers, it's, it's, it's poor, if you like, at the yes. moment. For yeah. the British vendors, it's fantastic. Now, my yeah. question, actually, because we always talk about buyers, but how did you see the British vendor market evolve during the time of the Brexit? A lot more people have their properties up for sale. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. is the that pure vendors. speculation or necessity? They're, people are worried about what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't um, think it's so much driven by the exchange rate. I don't think people no, actually no, think, no, well, hang on, I no. can make, make 30% on this trade. They've come they to their... Because I was, that's, to, that's why I asked you, yeah. this 30% is humongous. A lot of times what happens is with the vendors, you see a certain age group. 
every couple of years is a certain age group. Mm. They get to a certain age. Um, their grandparents, they're missing their grandchildren. Yeah, uh, partners, yeah. partners ill or yeah. passed away. Yeah. They're on their own. They don't yeah, want to be yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and for medical reasons as well. So they want to like be back in the med in the health system in the UK. At that stage, I think people like to be in their home country. It's just yeah. a human factor. Yeah. yeah. But when I was uh, working at my other FX company, um, when uh, it was, they made an announcement that Sky, the satellite dish, was going to move. Therefore, <laughs> the Brits weren't going to get their EastEnders or Coronation Street hey, or Emmerdale. Don't knock it. Sorry, I don't watch none of that My stuff. relationship relies on um, four nights a week. And, and because they were going to not get these programs anymore, a lot of people said they're going to go back to the UK. Wow. Quite right. Wow. Just because of Quite a TV right. program. Just because you have no decent wow. soap operas in Germany, don't Wow. Don't have that a is shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking. That's just good. And they said, no. <laughs> I don't watch those programs. It's like the Germans not getting currywurst, yeah, and having to Currywurst. I heard about currywurst. Yeah. My That's a bratwurst with curry sauce, curry isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's literally <laughs> it. But it has to be done in Germany. Oh, it has to be done in Germany. Okay. No one would touch it. Like, it's like having a kebab in the middle of the day. No one would do it. Okay. Um, can we just, That's true. Can we move on to the B word? Yeah. Because we need to talk about it. We were going to make this podcast all about Brexit, but we thought you guys would just turn off. Yeah. But we, we do have to mention it. Um, so we are um, coming to a general election in the UK. And for those uh, non-UK listeners and viewers, we do just have to set the scene here. We have a the, the strong possibility that Mr. Boris Johnson, leader of the Conservative Party, is going to be um, elected in and that his um, party will be able to form a majority government, which will mean that he will probably be able to force through his um, Brexit bill, which would mean that we leave the EU, the UK leaves the EU on the 30th, 31st of January 2020. Um, if that happens, which seems the likely scenario at the moment, considering all the polls, what do we think will happen to the British buying market here? I, and the currency. And yeah, the currency rates. I think um, if Boris gets in, yeah. there's so much more that has to happen before his bill gets passed. Yeah. Um, he has to present it to the House, uh, which he tried to do and then tried to get it passed within two days, which But in this happen. case, he would have a, a proper majority that... So I think it would expedite what he's trying okay, to do. Yeah. But then he, the the House have to look at the, the bill and make amendments. Do that in two days. And make amendments. And then that's got to go back to the EU. <laughs> yeah, They've yeah. got to look at it. It's all got to be ratified before it actually gets passed. But I think... Stop if, muddying the waters. No, no, no. But if Boris gets in and there is a chance that his bill will go through, the markets, the money markets, love a Conservative government. Right. Absolutely love a Conservative government. So we will, we would, I would expect the pound to increase in value because there will be a resolution yeah. that we're coming out and there is a deal. Yeah. Yeah. If they come out without a deal, which I think is actually illegal, they can't come out without mm. a deal, I think that's actually illegal, then we will see the pound crash. I, My own personal prediction, as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it hit parity. But that's my thoughts. That's not the thoughts of the company. Um, but if we come out with a deal... And it's a deal that the Commons likes and the EU is happy with. Then I think we're going so to win, see win 125. Everyone. Yeah, and I think yeah. the Brit market will come back Cause, then. Because at the moment we're at 116, 117 pound yeah. against euro. Yeah. Um, and um, I think the lowest it's been this year is about 109. 109. Okay. So what we're saying, I mean, there's always been what we have found as well in this business over God knows how many years is that the psychological barrier of 120 has always been quite significant for the yes. Brits. A lot of yeah. clients say to us. When it gets to 120, I'll be back Actually, in the market. This is very funny because it took me seven months to close the deal. 
with a British client yeah. who was in the carpet industry yeah. to, to finalize the deal because he was waiting for 120. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and we'd never got to 120. We got to 119, I think. And then he said, okay. I said, if you don't take it now, it's never going to go to 120. Yeah. He bought two months yeah. later, was at 122, and then it went down. See, this is, again, somewhere where the company that I work for can actually help yeah, absolutely. Yeah. with these clients' absolutely. expectations. Because you lock the currency exchange then, right? We can, you do, can yeah. do, yeah. 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 You can, you on can a full contract. I've used because Cookie a, 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 several times in the past while I've been here, and she's great because she'll just let you know, and then you can just arrange with her and say, okay, what, what's realistic? What can we actually achieve? Okay, let's lock in the rate. And when it gets to that rate, you know the trade is done. Yeah, because that's something that happened to us because it took six months of constant observation of the uh, exchange rate. Yeah, which is that's, Yeah, at some days, it would come to a favorable exchange rate but then he wouldn't have the means and the measures to lock it yeah, yeah. and the next day it was back down yeah. one or two yeah you have, so, to, you have to speak to a specialist yeah and you have to kind of plan it with them correct um i learned my lesson took six yeah. months yeah. Yeah. Until I nobody or very very few people can call the bottom and the top of a market so yeah. i always think if you can get to kind of close to where you yeah. want to be then you're yeah. doing like well. a happy medium yeah sure and the thing is with uh, locking in a rate what happens is with properties here in Spain, you know what the euro amount is. That is not going to change hmm. yeah, exactly. of the property yeah. price. Yeah. Yeah. So when the exchange rate hits a good level, what the client should be doing is locking into that rate and then we only require 10% of the funds that they've booked with us. But then what you've done is you've locked your sterling amount and it doesn't matter what happens in the market, your, if the market drops, your sterling amount stays the same. Yeah. So it's like the, you're, you're paying of course. The, the exact amount that you should be paying and not having to watch the exchange yeah. rates fluctuate yeah. and go, oh, actually, I've lost yeah. you know £20,000 today because yeah. The, yeah. It, it is plummeted. For so, busy people, yeah. uh, it's much better because yeah. it just means you can just pass on the stress to somebody Well, else. it becomes like buying a house in the UK where okay. you've got yeah. your the fixed, you know, that that price is not going to change yeah, that's right. on that property. That's right. I think for him, it became an obsession. He loved right. it. Oh, okay. Every morning, he would send me the, the currency exchange. He'd be like... Well, if it hits this, we will. If yeah. it comes to that, we will. It sounds like me. It's the sort of thing I do. Yeah. yeah. Adore everybody. Say, oh, it's moved by yeah, that much. I can save it's 20 true. pounds. Oh, my God. Imagine for a non-Brit. I'm sitting in my car. I'm just reading a nice article. So I'm eating my banana between a viewing. And I get every day around the same time a <laughs> screenshot of the currency exchange rate. Like, but, I don't give a... But Dom loves his clients, really. Yeah, no, no, that, yes, of course. No, but I'm getting them from Sean. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, point taken. Um, okay, so that's if we get a Conservative government. Yeah. What if we get a, um, a Labour majority? Labour is the opposition party in the UK, for those of you who don't know, the main opposition party, led by a guy called Jeremy Corbyn, who is fairly left-wing in his views. So it's kind of like um, tax the, the top 5% of earners in the UK to help the, the people less fortunate and with less money. Well, a very uh, good sentiment. But if Labour government gets in, um, either as a clear majority or maybe in coalition with the SNP or some other um, smaller parties, Cookie, what's going to happen to the market? My personal view, you're going to see the pound tank. And is that just they just don't trust the Labour government? There's too much uncertainty. Okay. There's far too much uncertainty. Even though with Boris Johnson and his policies, there is some kind of clear, some kind mm. of clear direction. That sounds like an oxymoron. There is some sort of direction of where they want to take the country. Whereas with Jeremy Corbyn, it's almost like he's taking the country backwards. It reminded me of you know, nationalising yeah. the industry, which isn't a bad thing in some, some no, aspects I mean, of hey, nationalising. I'm the work and someone's going to give me 5% overnight pay rise. I'm, I'm going to be voting for him, to be honest. You know, but as I mentioned earlier before, he's robbing Peter to pay Paul. And 
it's not going to do the country any good because he wants to tax the really wealthy people to make up the deficit for the people that aren't earning. And okay. as I said, you're robbing the rich to pay the poor, yeah. so, which isn't good economics so at all. So what do you think would happen if that actually comes I, into action? I reckon we'd see the pound go down to And what do you think big investors would do? Because that clearly puts big investors, big companies at, at risk. Right? I, I think what we'll see is we'll see a flight of capital, flight. Of capital from the UK. Yeah. Because if you're thinking, if you're a wealthy person or business and, and, and you're, all of a sudden your tax liability is going to shoot up by another 20-30%. Wouldn't that favour the our business? If, yeah. Because yeah. We're gonna, well, hopefully they'll be investing overseas yeah. in yeah. property. Because I do know that even right now, British companies are investing heavily into Germany. Mm -hmm. I know Frankfurt, for instance, that's the capital of business. Mm -hmm. there are, the presence now has increased significantly over the past two years. Yeah. So is that something you see happening? I don't really get involved in the business side of um, mm. trades because we have a corporate division in London. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be a question that I would need to ask them. Where are you seeing these corporate businesses purchasing other businesses or yeah. investing in other businesses in Europe? Um, I just deal with uh, buyers and sellers and people looking to, you know, that are renting here or going yeah. back to the UK. I think what so. we could see is a, a flight of wealth like there was in France. Was it when Hollande was he? No, he can't. It was. It was the socialist government. Yes. Yes. They got in, um, and I think the, the French millionaires started getting taxed like 80, 90, and they just yeah. went right stuff that, we're off. Yeah, yeah we're off and that saw a, a flight of wealth to other other countries including including spain so great that's sorted so if boris gets in pound's going to go up to 120 125 all the brits the taps will turn on all the brits will come and buy and if corbyn yeah. gets in all the millionaires in the uk will come and buy a villa in spain so basically and the job if, is done yeah, right? and if, and if uh, article 50 gets revoked oh i've been talking about that. then um that would we i i personally feel we would see buying levels from the brits as we saw in 2001 2002 okay oh, wow wow, wow. article 50 is cancelled Revolution. And what happens to the to the what would I know you can't say for sure, but what where do you personally see the exchange rate going in the event that we revoke revoke revoking Article 50, Article 50 for those who, who aren't sure means that we basically reset the clock and stay in the EU. We just cancel the whole Brexit nonsense. I reckon it. Will, I reckon you'll probably see levels of one thirty. Okay. May I ask a question so yes. that we also seem a bit humane? Okay. Yeah. Because we're talking a lot about business, about money. Obviously, this podcast is about how the real estate market's going to develop in the next year, dependent on Brexit and so forth. But being British, the both of you, what do you think is best for your country, for the people? Not mm. just to, to talk about the money. Personally? Yeah, personally, because I want the, the election. I, yeah, I want the British listeners to also see what, what you as a Brit okay. would think, I think is best for the country, yeah. not for the for our economic uh, situation. For our own selfish yeah, reasons. I, I, yeah. think, I think everybody has a selfish reason, don't they? And yeah, I, I've got friends who are leavers, I've got friends who are Remainers, I've got family members, one side of the fence over the other. I personally think it's really sad that I moved here 19 years ago. I didn't even think about it. I just did it and set up a business here and, and started to earn money here and pay my taxes here. And, yeah. and I got married here and I've created a life here without even thinking about, am I allowed to do this? And I think it's really upsetting for me. And it's a shame, I think, that future generations won't have the freedom to do that. Um, and that's the reason that I'm a, I'm a Remainer, if you like. But I'm also a Democrat. And I recognise that the UK public, um, whether they had all the information or not, is a completely different argument. But I'm a believer that 
democracy has to be pursued, otherwise you end up in, a, in chaos, and that the British people made a democratic decision yeah. um, to leave the EU and that we should... But you said you're a remainer. That's a terminology probably used by you, Brits. That means you want to stay within the European Union. I was actually a leaver to true? begin with. Oh. But is that true? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you uh, want yeah. England to stay in the European yeah, Union. Yeah, but now that the, the referendum has taken place, which was a, a fair legitimate vote, although it had its had its issues and its its um, challenges, yeah. um, you know, the British people have decided by a majority, a fairly clear majority, that they, they want to leave the EU. So I think... The um, the government should should crack on with doing that. I think that the difficulty has been in the in the way that they've done it and the deal that has been agreed. I think it, there's so many scenarios that could have been chased mm. that that weren't. But hey, seeing um, it from an outsider, I was I always had mad, no maybe. not that, but I always had the feeling people never knew the consequences of their vote Absolutely. of their action, and often it is something you get pulled into. You you have this ideology that you might yeah. be propagated yeah. upon. And you follow the masses and you say, yeah, let's, let's get out of the European Union. But what will that actually subsequently mean for my job, for my life, for my children, mm. for my education, for my children, for everything? Yeah. Yeah, but that's people the underestimated that, in my opinion. But my opinion is very humble because I only see it from an ego's perspective. I, I think it, it depends who you are and where you live. I mean, we're, we're both British. We both live in Spain and we didn't want Brexit to happen, but that's possibly because we live in Spain. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, as I said, I was a, originally I was a leaver. I was <coughs> yeah. going, oh, if I could vote, I would have voted to leave. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that the UK is a sovereign nation and it's been dictated by the United States of Europe, which yep. is that what, yep. that's what I call it. Well, it's not perfect by any means. Yeah. No, of course yeah. it's not. Um, and a lot of people say that the EU was created, obviously, to help Germany because of the powerhouse of Europe, and it hasn't really worked for the UK. But I don't think it's working for the. No, for I don't think it Europe. is. No, I don't. And think I love it your is. terminology of United <laughs> States of so Europe. It's, it's fantastic yeah. because it's American control. After looking at, you know, I was in the UK before the referendum took place. I was mm. at a property show mm -hmm. and I spoke to so many people and I was asking them what they're going to vote. Oh, we're voting to leave. Mm. Okay, why are you voting to leave? And then I would say to them, oh, don't tell me why. I know why you're voting to leave. It's because of immigration. Yes, it is. Okay, you just need to educate yourself. That doesn't mean leave the EU. You need to change your government. If that's what you've got a problem with, change your government. Don't leave the EU. But it's I, I've learned so much more now about yeah. what the implications of the UK leaving the EU and what that means for future generations as well. In that's the, UK, the thing that gets, that's the thing that gets it, me. I, I mean, I, I say to people, you know, why, why did you vote leave? And they say, you try living in the UK at the moment. You know, you try living in a village where everything is, is under strain, the, the health service, the, the, you know, the, all, everything. And, you know, yeah, immigration played a big part, I'm sure. And whether that was mis, a misdirected thing, I don't know. But, you know, I don't know. That's, I, I don't live in the UK, so I can't really comment. I have you know. one question that I'm sure a lot of people that are not from Britain have asked themselves. Was Britain even ever part of the European Union? Well, or were we just playing? It's just because, I give you a very little example. My girlfriend's from Russia, right? We go to Germany, she doesn't need a visa if she goes for holiday. We want to go to Britain, she needs to apply for a visa. But Britain is part of EU, so it should have the same rules and rights as, as Germany. It's not part of Schengen, is it? It's yeah, not, it's, it's not part of Schengen, but it's these little confusions that people outside of Britain see and don't understand. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they say, oh, England's part of the EU. That means it should have the same rights. No, and people generalize that. Yeah. Though. 
So it's that, part of the European economic area. Yes, yeah. that I understand. But EU kind of one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. I'll tell you what was amazing. I, I took a trip, I forget where I was going, but I ended up traveling through about four or five different countries by, by plane without showing my passport once. And I thought, ooh. Yeah. And I wasn't sure how I felt about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was exactly. kind of like, this is great. Because you're so used to going, <laughs> yeah, passport I'm on the British. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, wow, this is excellent. And I thought, it's great for me. That means it's great for other people who really shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, yeah, anyway. But we're on to different matters. Yeah, yeah. So, we digress, so let's, let's wrap up. Um, okay, so the UK buyers are there in spirit at the moment, I think, yeah. the majority of them, particularly at the... The middling levels. I think the, the super rich don't get affected too much by this sort of stuff. But we are expecting once Brexit is sorted by Boris, um, that the exchange rate is likely to go up. The Brits will be back in the market quite substantially. And particularly if we also revoke Article 50, which seems unlikely, but you never know. Mm. And if we get a Labour government in the UK, then... Well, Big corporations will move out. Well, there'll be a flight of money somewhere, I think. Yeah. So there might be opportunities for the Spanish property market to attract some of those those clients. Yeah. Are we happy with that as a summary? I'm just yeah. happy if everyone turns out to be happy, which is a very difficult task. You right? can't keep everyone happy all yeah. the time, can you? That's the problem. No. And I There's think always going to be winners and losers. And yeah. I think we're going through a phase that we'll look back, you know, well, I won't look back because I'll be long, long in the ground. But we'll look <laughs> back at it and say it was just one of those... Places of history yes. that you yes. know. It's definitely a historic event. Of course, yeah. this is this yeah. is gonna, this is going to affect be generations to come. They'll be teaching us in history classes in fifty years. I just quickly wanted to bring something up. Okay. I, if Britain leaves the European Union, the yeah. question is: if won't other co European countries want to do the right. same too? They can't do it. No, no, because it's actually been put into their constitutions that they cannot have a referendum and leave. And whenever has a cannot stop someone from. Well, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't written into the constitution of the UK. Um, but because the EU don't want to cause contagion within within yeah. Europe, because um, there was noises about Finland wanting to come out. There was noise noises about the yeah. Netherlands wanting Italy to come out. To Italy. Out. But they cannot hold a referendum, just like it happened with Greece, when Greece was going through all that trouble, and um, pr the Prime Minister, I think his name was Cyprus at the time, he um, held a referendum in his country regarding EU membership. Yes. Um, because of the constraints that were be being put on Greece, the public voted unanimously to come out of the EU. He turned around and went, uh, okay, we're staying in. So yeah. the EU do not want to cause contagion. Of this course. is why they're making it so difficult for the UK to leave and as well. Thank you so much for answering that because that's also something that people outside the, let's call, knowledge of what's happening with Brexit always wonder and ask yeah. themselves. So it's very nice that yeah. you clarified that yeah. for. Italy won't be able to leave and they want to. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, maybe okay. not good. Excellent. Oh, thank nice. you so much for listening. What we're going to do, you know all about us, we're probably boring you to death, but this lady, Cookie, we're going to put her email address and contact details um, on this video. Yeah. So if you have any concerns or questions um, about the um, currency exchange and the rates and stuff like that, if you're a buyer, potential buyer, or a seller um, here in Spain, then please get in touch with her. Or an agent who wants to close the deal faster than I did, which is six months. <laughs> <laughs> Cool cookie. Yeah, exactly. You might yeah, that client, you should be speaking with exactly, me. Exactly, yeah. 100% agreed. Yeah. And I learned from my mistake in cookie, yeah, rest assured. Till next time. Fantastic. Till next time. Thank you so much thank for you. tuning in and we will wish you a very pleasant weekend. Thank Take you. Care. Bye. Bye.